Howdy and welcome to the Confidence Through Health podcast. I'm Jerry Snyder. As an elite level athlete, owner of All In Health and Wellness, and author of the book Confidence Through Health, my goal is to help you achieve your goals and dreams using health as the conduit to get there. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Social Media Cowboys. If your business is looking to grow in 2022 and the years to come, then look no further than Social Media Cowboys. They are a complete online marketing agency helping clients with everything from social media to website design to SEO to Google ads and so much more. With close to 40 years of combined experience online, they have been helping businesses like mine and yours succeed where other agencies have failed. They apply a practical approach that saves you money while making money. Contact them today to get started. SocialMediaCowboys.com. In the real world, they're geeks, but online, they're cowboys. Welcome to episode 163 of the Confidence Through Health podcast. In this episode, I speak with Dr. Aza Halim, who is a board-certified anesthesiologist and physician with a focus on aesthetic medicine, anti-aging treatments, and regenerative medicine. And that's what we talk about. We talk about we talk about the skin. We talk about overall wellness, her approach to understanding that it's it, it, quite literally, if you're f- just fixing the skin and not digging into other things, you're just putting a Band-Aid on the problem instead of going to the root cause of what's going on internally. And so she talked about her approach with her patients and patient care and how she believes that all medicine should be treating that way, not just in relation to skin care, but in relation to all medical issues that are not acute, right? That are not a broken arm, but like any chronic issue, we should be treating from that way. We talk about hormone therapy and in, you know, what that is and how that can become effective and what you should be looking for um, is a great conversation. We talk about like some of the hard pieces of, of just how to make that transition and how it, it, how to make it stick and how it becomes an issue of discipline. And it becomes an issue of not just, wanting to make the change, but how do you maintain the change afterwards? And so I I think you're going to learn a lot from Dr. Halim and uh, it's a great conversation and I think you're going to enjoy it. So here she is. All right. So thank you, Dr. Halim, for being a guest on the Confidence Through Health podcast. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. And so I know you, you've, you started out and you've got your degree, uh, your medical degree, your anesthesiologist, and then you went more into the aesthetics and helping people with their skincare and, and, but then also treating the whole body, correct? Yes. I actually, because of uh, being a board certified anesthesiologist and critical care trauma, I was always interested also in pharmacodynamics, pharmacokinetics. So I started right. in the area of functional medicine, epigenetics, um, understanding the body's effect on us, us on environmental effects. And right. then I actually ventured off into aesthetics. So it's okay. interesting because most people usually will just jump into the aesthetics, but I always felt like you can't really look beautiful or feel beautiful unless you're treating the inside out first. And that's where I think the core crux of it comes in is being healthy, being active and trying to, if you're trying to reverse aging or slow down the aging process, you still have to work on your own internal DNA. Right. And that's, and, and those are big things like it, that if you're in the health and wellness, you know, arena in the last couple of years, longevity and anti-aging those are big topics um 
And, and I think you're right. And like, you can look young on the outside, but if you're not dealing with the inside, it's not really getting anywhere, right? Exactly. And we see this and hear it all the time. And also, it's uh, interesting that you say that because as much as people can try to look young on the outside, if you don't have good, healthy skin, and we know just going back that the skin is the largest organ of our body. So when people are dehydrated, or they have a lot of alcoholic beverages and intake and not hydrating properly and not getting enough sleep or rest, your skin will manifest and show that. It doesn't matter how many laser treatments you do. It doesn't matter how much fillers you put in your face. It's still going to actually manifest because of the fact that internally, it's almost like you dehydrating your lawn. You're not watering the lawn. You know, the grass is just going to die off and our skin is not much different. And so it's, it's taking people from the aspect of like treating it on the outside to treating it on the inside. Yes. And all my patients will tell you that I actually, when a patient comes into any of my um, aesthetic practices, the first thing they say, oh, this is what bothers me because I always want to know what's bothering them. Mm-hmm. And then they tell me on the surface aesthetically. And my next question and follow-up to them is like, okay, are you sleeping? Um, What's your nutrition look like? Are you getting any kind of exercise? What's your stress level at at home? And then the next thing I go into is also doing, uh, you know, specific functional medicine tests if they need it, which takes us then to see about their metabolic pathways because of methylation, demethylation that also affects our health, you know, mentally and physically. And also I take a look at their hormonal profiles as well, because we also know that our hormones are very important. And when I say that everyone gets fixated on, oh, I just want to go on testosterone therapy. Okay. Male and female. That is not the only hormone that we should focus on, right? Mm -hmm. We have endocrine hormones. We have the estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. We also have DHEA. We have a plethora of other hormones that also balance our thyroid. People take for granted your thyroid hormones. um, And also that's affected by your sugar intake. Um, Just like your adrenal glands, they're affected by your lack of sleep and your stress, fight and flight. And this is where I take a look at the big picture and I try to bring that all in first to focus on one area at a time and then add in the aesthetic treatments for them. And I'm assuming that obviously that to me, I mean, it sounds like that would make the longevity of those treatments more effective. Correct. Absolutely. Yes. Because once a person starts feeling healthy Mm -hmm. and they have more energy, they're more compliant And they actually have something more to look forward to. Because just imagine, you get up every morning out of bed, you're tired, you don't feel that swoop of energy, Mm -hmm. you're not really looking forward to anything. So you don't really sometimes, you lose interest as to how you look, right? Right, right. Whereas when you wake up revved up and you've gotten that proper sleep and you're not having disruptive sleep and you also feel energetic, you're going to be more likely to be compliant with your skincare regimen, your nutrition, your exercise. And this is why I think it all ties in together. Um, I know most of us get wrapped up in everyday life and we tend to say, oh, okay, well, you know what? I have photo damage because of sun exposure. Let me just go get a laser. Okay. So my next thing, even in that aspect, I tell patients is that, okay, great. We can do the laser. We can reverse and take away some of that photo damage. You still need to get on sunblock so you can prevent skin cancer. Okay. 
Um, you still have to do good skincare at home, even if I do laser treatments for you or any kind of injectable, right. because there is a maintenance phase and we all have to get on that kind of a thought process in order to stay healthy and live better. Right. Well, and that's, that's one of the things that I tell people as a, as a health coach, when I'm helping them get on a better nutrition plan, a lot of times they come in and, and it's, you know, I want to lose weight is, is a key factor in why they come and, and I'm like, okay, well we can lose the weight, but if you don't understand how to eat properly, then you'll lose the weight, but then you'll gain it right back because you never learned the maintenance part of how to live that long life eating properly the rest of your life. And that's 110% on point because as you know, with the latest craze with the peptides and the Ozampic mm -hmm. and the semaglutide and all of that. Yep. And I know that there are some people that are on the fence as to, is it beneficial or not beneficial? And I, I'm all for it for the proper patient. Okay. Right. So what does that mean? It means that yes, they have to have a certain BMI. Yes. They also have to have the motivation, as you just said, to mm -hmm. stay on a healthy lifestyle because there isn't any miracle pill out there, whether it's right. for your skin, anti-aging, or diet and weight loss. I always tell everyone that when we use the word diet, we shouldn't think about it as a fad or a crash diet. You need to think about it as a lifestyle. Right. And what does that mean is that your nutritional, you know, whether you calculate macros, whether you're looking, looking to be a vegetarian or a vegan, you have to understand that with that comes discipline. And you also have to have that motivation to stay healthy. So yes, if someone is borderline metabolic syndrome or does have diabetes and is obese and meets that BMI criteria for Ozampic, I'm all for it. But I think that one of the big things that may be missing, and I think more of us should be doing with these patients, making sure, as you just said, as a health coach, making sure that they are actually on a proper nutrition plan. They right. are exercising because we also know that you can, with any product or weight loss process, you're going to lose muscle mass if you don't do weight training, if you right. don't eat enough proper protein, if you don't exercise. Um, and that applies even for the Ozampic. This yeah. is the reason when people say, oh, they have Ozampic face or they've lost a lot of muscle. So my next question to everyone is, okay, what have you been doing while you've been on it? Okay. Yeah. Yes, it's great. It gets your blood sugar under control. Yes, it's great because from the cardiac factors, it's improved a lot of other issues, right? Mm -hmm. And prevent right. other disease. But you also need to get on that lifestyle mindset to maintain that weight loss. Or as reported, you will regain all of that weight loss and then you've gone back to square one. Right. And and really it's it's almost it's it's almost behind square one because you've exposed yourself to, you know, it in and I'm not trying to say that medicine's, you know, bad. There's there's positives for different medications, but but all medications have some sort of toxicity level to it that your body has to deal with and filter through. And so, you know, at some point you've damaged some organ somewhere with a medication. And so you're actually behind once you gain all that weight. You back. are absolutely correct. As a physician, I agree with that. And it's funny when my colleagues say to me, How how can you say? I said, so my thing is this, everything has side effects. Everything has potential right. side effects, right? right. Um, just like, okay, when patients are hypertensive and they get on antihypertensives, we also know you are trading one benefit for another risk factor, right? right. Um, right. And at the same time, is there anything with zero side effects? No. And even our environmental exposure has side effects, right? right. With yep. the pollution, the weather, everything that we have, right? Yep. And there's a lot of environmental toxins, even molds that we yep. know about. 
But at the same time, here's how I tell people. Well, if your diabetes is out of control and you do have a certain BMI, that puts you at higher risk factor for um, blood pressure issues, heart attack, Mm -hmm. stroke, and so forth. So yes, let's get control. Maybe if you need medication, but I don't want that medication to be a crutch. So my thing is never putting anybody on a lifelong treatment. My thing is that, okay, we can help give you a booster, something to jumpstart you, but you are going to be responsible to maintain that metabolic boost. Because if you just lose weight and sit back and do nothing, then you've defeated it. And just like you said, you're behind the eight ball. You've basically traded in one thing for another. Same thing with skincare. Same thing with lasers. I tell patients this. I'm doing a laser to resurface you. Don't go out in the sun and get more sun exposure and then actually increase your sensitivity to have issues later with skin cancer and then blame it on the laser or something else, right? Right. Because you're treating one thing, but at the same time, you also want people to change their mindset to prevent. So my thing is prevention is key. Now, if we're treating something, once we treat it, then we need compliance in order to maintain. Right. And so it's very much so like, okay, I need to make a change and the change is bigger than I can handle by myself. So I need to enlist, whether it's a medication or a surgery or a treatment plan to help me get there. But once I get there, I then it's on me to maintain it. Correct. Absolutely. And this is one of the things too, that I know back in the day, people used to say, oh, well, you have to also assess the person's psychological uh, perspective, Mm -hmm. which is true. And nowadays, nobody does that because we also don't want people coming in with body dysmorphia and every little thing bothers them because that's not also healthy nor safe. Right. So when I have patients that come in that are a little too obsessed with certain things, I do turn them away. I will not get them on anything that can be a crutch because that crutch will then become an addiction. And that addiction just adds to the body dysmorphia and psychological dysfunction. Um, And I think mental health is very key. I think it ties into aesthetics. I think it ties into functional medicine. Uh, Unfortunately, not everyone ties all that in together. But even nowadays, we're also seeing more youth that are coming in or their parents are bringing them in because of like acne scars it's disfiguring it's affecting their psyche it's affecting their self-confidence and i'm all for boosting self-confidence because yes i will help them with their acne scars i will help them to improve their self-confidence just like also some children that come in and they're a little bit overweight or they're being Mm -hmm. teased at school i my go-to is not to put them on a weight loss pill or to actually have them go on any kind of extreme anything. My thing is with any parent, I tell them, get them a nutritionist, get them an exercise coach or somebody that can work with them and just be patient and get them motivated, get them out of the house. Don't them, don't have them sitting at home playing video games all day. Okay. Because that's also depressing after a while. And we're seeing a lot more mental health issues because of a lot of that. People have lost touch with in-person contact, unfortunately. Technology is great and we love it. It makes our life so much easier. But I think, number one, we need that person-to-person contact. We need more family interaction intervention. We need proper guidance. And I think that's very important for any age. Well, and I think that that also speaks to... Uh, you know, one of the things that your your specialty in is is you know skincare in because of of you know photoshopping or touching up pictures or videos and um, 
if, if you don't go out and see other people around, then your life can be very much fixated on, I have to look this way because that's everybody I see in, you know, my social media feed or all the celebrities or, but they're all touched up and, you know, made to look better than, than maybe they do in real life. And so being out and around people can also help you understand that like, oh, okay, that's not truly reality. What I'm seeing on a screen or in a magazine. That's absolutely correct, because I've also done some editorials and articles for various magazines um, and also about TikTok and so mm -hmm. much when it comes to the misinformation out there or the uh, misperceptions that everyone has. You're absolutely right, because I feel that what adds to the body dysmorphia and the low self-esteem that more and more people are experiencing is you're right. They're staying at home. They're scrolling through social media. And they're only listening and seeing that, but they're not exposed to reality. And as we know, and I'm so glad that a lot more celebrities are coming out and saying, this is reality, this is IG, okay? Right. Because right. a filter is a filter. Yep. But how many people out there walk around with a filter? Now, it's one thing for people, like you said, to get Photoshop, and it's another thing that, yes, a lot of these celebrities, they have their professional glam team. That's fine. Right. Anybody can get a glam team and look great. But at the end of the day, how they are seen, whether it's their physique or whether it's their face, we all know there's touch-ups. We all know there's yep. Photoshopping. And this is the unfortunate part is that everyone does get obsessed and feels like they have to meet that criteria or they do not meet the society standard. Just yep. like with weight, everyone thinks that they need to be anorexic or stick thin to look like a cover model. And that's not right. true. And yep. this is why I think, too, a lot of different magazines, a lot of designers are also trying to steer away from that because they've seen the impact on the mental health of right. many people in society. Very true. And so to go back to, you know, basically like what what you are inside is coming to the outside, right? Like what what's going on inside is going to manifest in your skin and how you look and um, is when you're doing like, uh, hormonal treatment and things. Is that something that is like a quick noticeable, like, oh my gosh, okay, it's been a week and I can notice some changes or is that something that takes time? So hormonal balancing is something that's also a process and it takes time. I don't, mm -hmm. like I said, I don't think anything is a quick fix. And patients that come in that want immediate gratification, I tell them let's have realistic goals, realistic expectations. Right. That is one thing I emphasize because number one, I don't want somebody walking out there and saying, oh, well, I thought I was going to look like this or have this result and it didn't happen. Right. Um, just like when patients come in and say to me, oh, I want this lip filler and I want to look like this. And if I don't feel it looks appropriate for them, I deter them from it. Mm -hmm. And I tell them, I don't want you walking out there where people are going to critique you and criticize you. Right. Um, and at the same time, I'm doing what's best for them. Same thing with hormonal balancing. Number one, it's a process. I have to look at all the labs. Okay. Right. I have to assess how the patients are feeling. We start them, whether it's on transdermal or pellets or whatever it is that they choose. Uh, and I also pay, help them pick which is the most appropriate for them and their lifestyle as far right. as method of delivery. And then I tell them that, okay, this is going to be a process because we're going to start you at low dose, minimum, low level, and then titrate up so that we can minimize side effects because whatever you're going to use, even with bioidentical hormones, you want to make sure that you're using the lowest dose possible and the safest dose of anything, okay? Right. And minimize any kind of side effects. Same thing even like with weight loss, drugs, or any of that stuff. 
So I tell them that and I tell them, okay, and then we're going to check your levels and we're going to check also your symptoms. And we're going to see how that improves and progresses so that we know, do we need to increase titrate up, keep you at that level? I tell patients that they are not going to be more optimized until maybe month three. Okay. Okay. So they're not going to see that in the first week. They may feel a little bit of a difference in the sense of this. If a patient comes in and they're having sleep cycle issues, okay, mm-hmm. say, for example, like a female, and I find that their progesterone, estrogen, testosterone levels are not properly balanced, and then I start balancing them, and also we know that progesterone helps with the sleep cycle as well, and right. then they start feeling in that week, oh, my God, it's the best sleep I've had. Okay, that's great. It wasn't a miracle, but it's helping to balance and realign your hormone levels, Okay. Right. So I always tell them, okay, that's great progress. Then you know what? Maybe we stay at that dose and that level and let's see how everything else goes along with the estrogen, progesterone, and make sure that you're all balanced between all the hormones. Um, I also take a look at their thyroid hormones because don't forget, your thyroid is also important for your metabolism. It's also important for your actual uh, mental health as well. Uh, because you know that when your thyroid level is not balanced, you can have mood swings, you can have depression, oh, yeah. you can have lethargy, okay? Yep. Or you can also, on the other extreme end, be hyperactive, very anxious, okay? So that's also not good because that puts you in that fight and flight mode, right. which then taxes your actual adrenal glands, right? Right. So people can be wired but tired, as we call yep. it. Yep. Um, so we need to take a look at all of that. It's not just a matter of, oh, here... And this is one of the things I tell a lot of my colleagues and when I speak at a lot of the national international conferences is that, okay, you're treating just estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, but have we looked at everything else? Because some patients that I have seen have come to me or reached out to me that say, well, I've been on bioidentical hormone replacement for now a couple of years and I'm still having this symptom or that symptom. They just keep increasing my dose. That's not the solution. Just like patients that are hypothyroid and the endocrinologist just keeps increasing their synthroid, okay, which is a synthetic replacement. Well, have we looked at their T3, T4 conversion pathways? You know, because you just increasing the synthroid is only going to put them at risk of an arrhythmia or tachycardia because not everybody can tolerate the higher doses. Right. So we also need to make sure that they don't have underlying Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune issue, and then maybe they're not responding. Because when people ask me and say, well, I've been on this drug, this drug, and it's not working, I just need a higher dose. And I always tell them, no, we need to assess why it's not working. Is it your liver metabolism? Is it that you have down regulation of your receptors that they're no longer sensitive enough, right? Right. So we need to fix that problem in order for you to be responsive to your medication. Right. Well, and that's very similar to one of the things that I tell people when they come for nutrition help is because that, that they always think that the first thing I'm going to tell them is like, okay, well, you're going to eat properly, but here's all the vitamins you also have to take. And, and I don't usually hit them with vitamins off the top of it, you know, because undoubtedly their, their gut is not absorbing properly. And so I'm like, and I tell them, I'm like, I can give you vitamins to take, but you're, it's just going to be a waste of money because you're not going to absorb it properly until we get your gut functioning. Right. And so it sounds like hormones are sort of the same way that like you could, you can flood your body with with an overdose of a hormone, but if it's not being put to use properly, it's not really doing any good. You're absolutely right on that. And I love the fact that you talk about as far as the absorption of the gut, mm-hmm. because the gut microbiome ties perfectly in with the skin microbiome. 
Right. And the thing is to me, and it's another thing that I have talked about at other conferences, is the skin microbiome related to the gut microbiome, how you need to actually make sure that your absorption, because as you said, whether it's vitamins or even food, if you have mm -hmm. gut issues, you're not even absorbing the appropriate nutrients. So you do right. have nutritional deficiencies. And this is why when I look at metabolic pathways, because I do hear it from patients that say, well, I'm juicing, I'm eating this, I'm a vegetarian, I'm a runner, and I still feel horrible. And then you find that their gut microbiome is totally imbalanced. Right. So that also needs to be cleaned out and balanced. You also yep. need to make sure that their proper methylation, demethylation, you need to make sure their liver, because the liver basically also helps cleanse out our systems. Yep. And we know that's a detoxification pathway. So if your liver is clogged up, that's a problem in itself as well. Yeah. And so is it, and, and I know that if your gut's like, when your gut's not absorbing properly and it, or it's absorbing things that it's not supposed to, and your liver's trying to filter everything out and, and like, eventually it gets to your skin because the skin is a, is a pathway for things to leave your body. Right. And so like, Correct. is that why people that just, whether it's acne or just rashes or things like that, that it's like, they're allergic to something that they consumed and they don't know it because it's not presenting and maybe a traditional allergic reaction, but they've got this rash that won't go away. Um, you know, is, is that granted, it might not be the only reason, but is that a potential reason for that? Yes. And this is the reason too, you'll see a lot of literature that talks about with acne, what are some of the acne triggers? Cause everyone thinks, Oh, it's just because the person doesn't wash their face all the time. Well, that's not right. necessarily true. Cause we also know there's a particular bacteria that's like a biofilm on the skin and you have to treat that from the core. But right. also there are triggers like some people dairy will trigger an acne flare up or right. breakout for them. Right. Some people with gluten, whether they don't have a gluten allergy or not, or may have a sensitivity or gluten just triggers that uh, yeah. people who eat a lot of chocolate and depending on, if they're going through adolescence. So there are different triggers, whether it's for acne, rosacea, we know rosacea also, and now April is rosacea month, okay? Right. Is something that we also talk about is that it can be a overactive immune system. It can be due to environmental, hereditary. There is no true diagnosis or underlying cause of rosacea, but this is right. they don't have an actual one-stop treatment. But at the end of the day, we can help them minimize the flare-ups by pinpointing the triggers, whether it's for acne, rosacea, and help to treat that. And that does go back to your nutrition. It does right. go back to your gut microbiome. And it, that's definitely important with the detoxification because it's almost like if you putting garbage in, the garbage has to come out somewhere, right? Right. So as we take out the trash, you know, your body's trying to do the same thing, right? right? right. So that's waste products or byproducts, and your skin somehow needs to get rid of that. So right. yes, it's a little different that, okay, clogged pores and sebum and overactive sebaceous glands. Yes, we know it's a contributory factor, but your diet is also a major contributory factor. Yeah. And so is, as we look at cleaning up, you know, our diet, because somebody hears this is like, okay, I, I know I need to stop eating this and that, and that'll help me with my skin condition. How quickly does, I mean, because the skin takes a while to, I mean, I think we've all had that happen, right? We see this rash pop up out of nowhere in like 30 minutes and it sticks around for like three weeks before it's gone. So it's not necessarily just a, if I change my habits, it's going to fix it right away. Correct. It is a process. I mean, if you do like a top, like say somebody has a rash, it's no different than that. Okay. You put a topical hydrocortisone, it's going to help 
bring down the inflammation, soothe the rash. It's not a fix at all. Uh, right. And it may give you immediate gratification, but until you find out what caused the rash, you're not really treating, you know, I tell everyone, we need to find the diagnosis to get the proper treatment. Otherwise, you're putting a Band-Aid on the problem and not fixing it from the right. core. Okay. Right. So yes, your skin will need a healing process and phase. You may be able to soothe down the inflammation, do anti-inflammatory uh, products or treatments, but at the end of the day, it's going to come back unless you treat the core problem. And right. that means you won't. That's why even with skincare, I tell patients, you may see instant gratification in the first week or two, but you're not going to see true skin results before six weeks. Same right. thing when we put people on vitamin supplements or any nutritional changes. Your body needs time to adjust, absorb, and accept, and then get onto that bandwagon. So I tell people, don't get too excited before six weeks. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Um so is, you know, it, we all want to look younger. We've talked about, you know, like the skin, getting the skin to look younger and all that kind of stuff. But the looking younger is not always, and I, I imagine with your, some of your patients, like, and it sounds like you do a really good job of, of understanding beforehand what their triggers are. It's not just that they have scar tissue that they want to make look better, or they've got wrinkles that they want to go away. Um, because just looking younger is not necessarily going to make us feel younger. Correct. Absolutely. This is the reason, like I said, you can, I have patients that are 70, 80 years old that are more active than some of my 30 and 40 year olds. Right. Right. And they even sometimes look better than some of the 30 or 40 year old, because some of those older patients are actually, God bless them. They're active. They're eating healthy because they want to have increased and improved longevity. They're also doing the sunblock. They're doing all the, and their skin looks amazing and they're hydrating because right. they basically want to make sure they're taking care of themselves. Whereas sometimes, you know, younger people are a little bit, I don't know, kind of like, oh yeah, sure. They throw caution to the wind and they're like, yeah, I'll just do that tomorrow or I'll do that tomorrow. Yeah. Um, now we do see a lot more millennials and Gen Z that are actually coming in that are more cognizant of being healthy. They're more okay. into, especially like females, they're more about, oh, is this a clean makeup? Is this a clean product, oh, right? Yeah. Everyone's yep. trying to go green and organic. And I'm happy to hear and see that because yeah. they're much more educated on that area than before. Um, so at the end of the day, I always tell everybody, you still have to exercise. You still have to hydrate properly. You still have to eat properly, get enough sleep. And you have to feel good because what is the point of someone who looks like they're 18 years old or 20 or whatever, but they can't climb up two flights of stairs, right. Right? right? Or they can't really enjoy going out and walking around or going for a hike or doing everyday activities because of pain, discomfort, arthritis, joints and aches and pains. And right. this is where too, we also know, even with that, that's all inflammatory and inflammation, which is overall generalized inflammation, contributes to even joint disease. Well, and you mentioned something about, um, you know, the trend towards clean products. And so is is there something and, and not necessarily I'm not looking for like name brands, but like, is there something that most people do in their skin routine that, you know, is like, OK, we got to stop doing that. Like it, it that is not working because we've learned more, you know, in the past few years, because there's obviously there's, there's research in their science and things are, you know, in, improving every, every day, every week on, on how we can better our body and better longevity and provide better things for us. Like, 
Are there things that most people are doing that we just don't know are wrong? That I do think there is a component of because at the end of the day, even with sunblock, for example, my patients say, oh, well, I've been using this brand and it has an SPF of 50 or 75, but I'm still getting um, sunburn. Mm -hmm. And I tell them, but you're, it's not the brand. It's not the SPF. You need to understand what is the ingredient. Ingredients mm -hmm. are key. And I think more right. and more people are starting to understand and learn to look at ingredients, whether it's food products, whether it's skincare, whether it's a sunblock, because at the end of the day, for me, the content of the zinc Oxide and having minimal or no additives to the zinc oxide is better mm -hmm. for your skin and gives you better protection from UVA, UVB. Now, yeah. you also don't want to be putting a lot of synthetic products on your skin because your skin does absorb it. And right. that's also becomes carcinogenic and it also becomes toxic to your body. This is the reason too, when we talk about ozone and we talk about our coral reefs, when people go swimming with these products on their skin that are supposedly mm -hmm. water resistant and their sunscreen, sunblock, they have all of that toxicity, you're killing off the coral reefs. So that should right. tell you something too, what it's doing to you and your internal system, right? right. Yeah. Um, same thing when we're putting on even makeup brands, certain makeup brands just have a lot of different artificial colors and dyes in them and your body does absorb that. Right. Um, this is the reason, like I tell people, just be cognizant and aware of what your ingredients are in your packaging, in your products and everything. I think as you say, science, literature, and we have the data for that, um, and we hear about all these things that come out every day in the news and things that get pulled off the shelves, just like right. with medicines that, you know, become also pulled off or banned. Um, I think this is something that the educated consumer needs to be aware of. Yeah. Well, and it, it, I think that that's a really big piece of stuff that people don't understand because we start, we, as a family, we stopped using uh, deodorant that had aluminum in it. Um, several years ago because it was like oh well i mean that's obviously being absorbed and that's a uh, a metal that our body can't really do anything with it's got a it's it's trying to figure out what to do with it but it's if nothing else it's slowing down the processes and so like i don't want to slow down everything i want to i want to like have everything working as optimum as possible so don't introduce junk into the process and that I agree with completely. I mean, I was fortunate enough because, you know, my parents always raised us to actually have, you know, good health, nutrition, mm -hmm. uh, use more natural products. We never used anything with aluminum. So that was great. So I already grew up with that kind of mindset. The other thing, too, is that we see and hear a lot more issues and health going down rather than up because, of all the toxicity in the environment or mm -hmm. the processing of whether it's uh, processed foods. And now you're hearing and seeing in literature, in magazines, on the news, in Instagram, social media, whatever, online, Google, um, all of the toxins that we're absorbing, even in our day-to-day -day lifestyle. Right. Right. So right. whether it's deodorants, whether it's talcum powder, um, don't forget all of that stuff too affects your hormones. And we are seeing yeah. people becoming perimenopausal at a younger age. Right. And we know that's all environmental. Yeah. And it's it, it's it's like a, a double edged sword because we we for a long time we're taught like, OK, we're we need to kill the germs because that's making us sick and da, da, da. And it's like, but we've been killing the germs with things that are making us sick. So it's like, right. <laughs> it's like you're absolutely which, that's so which way true. do we go, you know? So it's like, well, I, like I totally understand the the dilemma that everybody's in. It's like, okay, well, which way do I go? 
Well, it's funny that you say that because even like with wound cleansing and cleaning, people are like, oh yeah, bathe it in alcohol, bathe it in alcohol, right? And right. I'm like, yeah, but you only need to clean it with like a hydrogen peroxide and depending on what kind, how deep the wound is, because don't forget too, you don't want to be overdoing alcohol wipes and rubs because you do have skin flora. You have good right. and bad, just like your gut flora. You don't right. want to knock out the good, healthy skin flora and set yourself right. up for skin breakdown either. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so it's a balancing act. And and so is that is that where like the the regenerative medicine is coming into the picture of like, okay, we've done a lot of damage and now we're learning how we can do things to regenerate those 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 cells and those systems in our body so that we can become stronger again? Yes. And this is why I think the world of research when and I know it's still not there yet, because obviously we have to wait for FDA approval, whether mm -hmm. it's stem cells and exosomes, because all of that we know works on DNA, mRNA and so forth. And our exosome, which is, you know, your mRNA cargo. And there is healing uh, associated growth factors with all of that, right. as well as whether it's for, you know, internal, whether it's for skin, whether it's for hair restoration and so forth, as well as the fact that we can use them as diagnostic tools and markers. And right. I think there's a lot of potential for that in the future. And you're right. We need to try to see how much we can actually reverse some of that damage. Because don't forget, once you damage your DNA, whether it's from what you're ingesting or environmental exposure, some DNA is not going to get reversed. Okay, that's right. damage. Right. Um, what you can try to do is strengthen your immune system and try to minimize any further damage and to try to heal things. This is why, too, you probably hear a lot about with NAD+, with IV nutritional therapies mm -hmm. and so forth. Some people are for it. Some people are against it. Um, I am a big proponent of that for the appropriate candidate and patient. And I also need to make sure that the patient is aware and understanding of what is being done and what they are actually getting as a treatment. Right. Okay. Because the patient needs to be completely on board and this is their choice. Right. Because then they can make an educated decision. And at that point, then I can help guide them and I can help treat them. Well, and I think you make, you, you've made this point of several times and, it, and I think it's a very true point in it. It's, it's individualistic. It's, it's appropriate for the correct person. And so if you're it, and I think that's one of the things that a lot of us, we, we fall to, the comparison piece and it's whether it's it's diet or a surgery or whatever that like oh well it worked for them maybe it'll work for me right you know? and and there's so many factors especially when it becomes what's going on inside you there's so many factors that are different between you and the other person even if you're husband and wife and you live in the same house for 30 years and you might think, oh, we, we've eaten the same meals all the time. We've done like the same life. We're same the same exposure to toxins and all this. But your your gut microbiome, your all your flora, it, everything is different from the start. And so it's you could have a lot of similarities, but you're still going to react differently to different treatments. Well, exactly, because every one of us, our body reacts totally different to everything, to every right. exposure. Uh, right. And we metabolize things differently. This is the reason I always customize the treatments, the treatment plans, the testing that I do for every patient, whether it's for aesthetics or whether it's for functional regenerative, every single one of us is unique. And right. that has always been my big mantra is customized, personalized, individualized treatments for every single person. Yep. That's why when people say to me, oh, well, I want whatever you did to my friend or to my spouse or whatever. And I'm like, that doesn't work that way. <laughs> right. Well, and I love that because I, 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 I know that there's there's people out there that will do it. Right. There's people out there that will just do like, OK, well, and because I run across it from a health standpoint and a health coaching standpoint that I know that there's people out there that are just like, 
oh, we're going to put everybody on the same exact plan and it's going to work for everybody. And I'm like, it doesn't work for everybody. And you have to tailor it to, you know, at minimum, what are their obstacles? Not just what's going on in their body and everything, but what, what are their obstacles that they deal with on a daily basis that, um, that they're going to come in, you know, contact with that are going to throw them off the, the proper course. Exactly. Exactly. I couldn't agree with you more. Well, I want to, Dr. Lim, I want to thank you for your time. This has been a great conversation and I, I, I want to give you the opportunity to um, let people know how they can get a hold of you or how they can follow you um, and, and learn more about what, what you're doing. Well, thank you. So they can either go to my website because I have three office locations, California, Chicago, and Florida. And my website is azamdbeauty.com. So it's A-Z-Z-A-M-D-Beauty.com, as well as my Instagram handle is azamdbeauty. So they can feel free to reach out to me through social media or through my website. Uh, And I'm happy to do virtual consults as well for anyone that's interested. Um, So yes, because I do enjoy helping others. That's awesome. Well, and I will put those links in the show notes so they can just click on it and and get right to it and connect with you. And, and thank again, you so I wanna, much. I want to thank you for being a guest. It's been a great conversation and a lot of good information for people. Thank you. And thank you for your time as well. Of course. Thanks for checking out the All in Health and Wellness Confidence Through Health podcast. Our goal is to use health as a conduit to help you reach your goals in life.